I'm James Brierton. Coming up this summer on the Carolina Weather Group. What does this have to do with Carolina weather? I guess at the surface, nothing. We're not in the Carolinas, and that's not weather. But weather impacts everything, including the logistics of transportation. And the construction of this is a feat of engineering. Now, maybe, just maybe, technology can do something about those brakes. Both started to rain. That's weather. Jim and Tim's rail fanning adventure coming your way Wednesday, August 2nd. We're also going to be checking out some brand new weather related games. Uh, while we also take this And join me back at the Shield Museum in Gastonia, North Carolina on Saturday, July 15th for their annual weatherproof event. Come out, try your hand at green screen weather casting. We'd love to see you there. If you're not familiar with weatherproof, let's take you to last year's event so you can see what it's all about. And we'll see you out this year on July 15th. Hey everybody, Jared here with the Carolina Weather Group. I got Dan Whitaker with me, our storm chaser guru guy. And uh, Dan, we have, uh, you know, we're, we're here at Weatherproof at the Shield Museum in Gastonia. Um, a really great day with a lot of great exhibitors. Yeah, it's been a really fun time. We uh, have seen a lot of different exhibitors here um, talking about all sorts of different uh, aspects of weather, including uh, uh, things we don't normally think of like air quality. Air quality, you know, you have the National Weather Service here, you have uh, the Climate Office showing us some, you know, interesting and somewhat disturbing heat trends. Uh, honestly, WCNC has been here with the, um, Brad Panovich and Larry Sprinkle were here for a bit, a lot of fun. Um, so no, just a really great day. And so we're, we've got some interviews with these exhibitors and uh, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> We're here with Charlotte Area NC Air Awareness. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about kind of your setup here today? Yes, hi, my name is Yvonne Hernandez. And um, like you mentioned, I am with Charlotte Area Air Awareness. And what I'm here to do is teach about air quality and how what we can do to protect our health and what, we, what can we do to improve air quality in our region. Great, so I see you have a couple things here. Um, you have some, uh, uh, a, a sign here about ozone um, mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of other things. Can you tell us, I guess, first about this uh, this graph you have here, this chart? Yeah, so this chart, what we're doing here is trying to make that connection of emission sources that are in the Char in Charlotte, uh, Mecklenburg County, and um, what do they... What, make that correlation because people normally think that the primary polluter, pollutant, polluter is uh, in factories, point sources, so these, right? But actually, they are only account for 3% of the county's NOx, uh, ozone-forming NOx emissions. And then the number one is actually cars. So normally, people would flip those. They, in, The reality is we're the number one polluters. It's us. It's cars. We have to own it. And then the second one is non-road mobile sources. If you're driving around in Mecklenburg County, you, you'll notice that there is so much construction going on. There is construction on the roads, on the highways, and um, the skyscrapers. And finally, the last thing will be area sources. So those are things like um, 
the emergency generators like in, at hospitals or cell phone towers. So I just want to make that connection for people that we're the number one polluters. It's us, it's cars, and we have to own it. And then what can we do about it? Okay, great, great uh, explanation there. Thanks for sharing that. What other, uh, besides ozone, what other kind of air pollutants are we looking at are important to kind of know about? Yeah, so... The Environmental Protection Agency has six common air pollutants, but in Mecklenburg County and in the region, we really focus on two, the ones that are driving the, um, that are the most, the highest ones that we see, which is particulate matter and ozone. So oh, just to give you a little bit more background information, ozone is not emitted. It's actually formed, and it is a photochemical reaction that happens when VOCs and NOx are cooked under the sun. So ozone season is from March 1st to October 31st. And during that time, we see that um, you know the sun is out for the longest, and we really need that sun in order to uh, for it to cook and create ozone and then particulate matter we'll normally see that during um, fireworks or burns uh, the last code red that we had in Mecklenburg County was in 2016 when there was a giant fire in the mountains and the wind shifted just right and it made it to the county so those would be the two main ones that I will discuss and teach about because the other ones even though they're there, um, you think about lead as a success story where we don't really have to worry about lead too much because it's been phased out. We're talking about weather at a lot of the uh, booths and, and you know everyone here is kind of interested in weather. What kind of connections to weather do you see these pollutants? So that is such a great question because that is exactly why I'm here is because air quality has a direct connection to um, the weather. So weather heavily impacts what's going to happen. If just last week we had a situation where Mercaptan was released in the city and there was a temperature inversion. So it was just tracked and we could all smell it, right? Uh, and again, so weather it, it impacted because if, if there would have been another day, it probably would have you know, people would have smelled it, but it wouldn't just been trapped. And um, so, yeah, so there is a, a direct correlation in those um, in those, uh, yeah, in, in the forecast for weather and, or what weather is doing and then air quality and the impact that it has because weather will be moving and dispersing air. You mentioned uh, a connection of, of how ozone is formed having to do with the sun. Um, does that have a, uh, weather has a big impact on that, I guess, too, because of clouds forming and, and, and whatnot. Exactly, yes. So if, if you know, if, if it's going to be raining, normally we can expect the air quality to be pretty good. Uh, or if it's cloudy and overcast, even if it is 100 degrees outside, it's not going to impact it so much. Well, I'm glad you're here educating us about things that um, are very important, but things we also can't see. And, and that's why it takes uh, people like you in, in science to uncover that. Yeah, thank you um, for this opportunity to talk about it because that is the hardest thing about my job is how do I teach about something that you can't see? And how do I make you care about something that you can't see that we just take for granted? You know, we wake up early in the morning, we get going and we're already breathing. So we don't, we're not even thinking about the fact that we're breathing, that we're breathing air and that how important it can be to 
you know, to our health. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but you can live without water, you can live without food, but you can live without air. So, you, again, you can live without water and food for a few days, but air is just minutes. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with us, and um, I, I, I'm sure everyone who's watched this will uh, learn a lot. So, um, Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, everybody. Jared here from the Carolina Weather Group. Today, I've got Emma Scott with me from the North Carolina State University Climate Extension up in Asheville. Came all the way down to uh, Gastonia, Charlotte area, to to be here at the uh, Shield Museum this afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about uh, you know what you do in your uh, nook of Asheville. Yeah, yeah. So we do climate specific research. And we partner with a lot of federal scientists at the National Centers for Environmental Information. Mm -hmm. And we work together to analyze the climate data that goes into the uh, NCEI data centers. Awesome. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about what you're uh, kind of showing everybody, showing the kids today. And uh, there's a, well, the kids and the adults for that matter. There's a lot yeah. of them. <laughs> Everyone's enjoying it today. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people from all walks of life mm -hmm. here. So we've got some takeaways from the National Climate Assessment, mm -hmm. as well as the North Carolina Specific Climate Science Report yep. that has been uh, published fairly recently. And oh. uh, this has some... Uh, information on expected changes in climate that we can mm -hmm. expect to see in our state and um, a little bit toward uh, how we can find solutions to these issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that you, I'm sure you know, you're, you're covering a broad scope between flooding on the coast and and then you know, just general warming and other and other issues and yeah, in, yeah. severe weather and things of that nature. Exactly. All kinds of things from extreme heat to mm -hmm. changes in extreme precipitation, yep. uh, overall uh, uh, global temperature change. It's, it's all yeah. kind of in there. Yeah. What would you say is probably the biggest uh, takeaway that you all have seen recently just in your data? What's the thing that stands out the most? Um, so one of the things that I know is really important to people at the moment is heat and mm -hmm. drought. Uh, we have some scientists looking at intersections between those two and uh, the increase in uh, nighttime temperatures is one of the things that we have laid out in yep. some of the information here and that's definitely really concerning for the future in terms of um, heat related illness. Yeah, everybody impacts. thinks about record highs but nobody thinks about the record high max the record low maximums. Yeah. Or the other exactly. way around the record <laughs> maximum low. I, mean, hey, I always yeah. get that confused. <laughs> but but I mean that's a that is the that is certainly the bit of heat stress that just does not get as much attention. It yeah. probably should. Yeah, I mean, if it's not cooling off overnight, you don't get that chance to recuperate. And that can be uh, really impactful for people, especially who can't afford to have an air conditioner. Right. Uh, you know, that right. can really hurt them. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emma. Very nice to meet you. And uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your time. All right. Thank you. What?
Hey everybody, Jared here from the Carolina Weather Group at the Shield Museum uh, for Weatherproof, closing out the event today. And we have got, um, we got Candace Jordan here with us. She is kind of the maestro of the whole shebang. I'm like the weather maestro. The weather I like maestro. That. The weather maestro. The the person with the flame tornado. Yes. Um, how did you think it went this year? It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was a great great weather day first off. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't have to pull the meteorologist out of the event. That's right. always nice. Yeah. Um, but overall, it seemed like we had a really good turnout and mm -hmm. it was just a wonderful day. I think people were really curious and Asked lots of really great questions. Yeah, you had a really good, you had a really, really, really good crowd around the flame, the, yes. the, the fire whirl, to be clear. Um, yes. And, and, you know, the tornado tube, and there's a lot of just really great exhibits here, a lot of really great exhibitors here uh, as well today. Um, you know, coming back, you know, from COVID. Yes. You know, this is the first one since COVID, as I recall. Yeah, so this is the first, like, real big one. We had yeah. one last year, but we definitely kept it, like, super low-key. Yeah. It was just a few staff members. So this is the first, like, big one we've pulled yeah. out since COVID. Yeah, no, and it certainly seemed to be, you know, very well attended. We had some yeah. it just some amazing people we had somebody we had we had one of the kids school dan on the ef rating of the pilger tornado we had yes. uh, you know we had some amazing green screen work uh, going on here you know national weather service was here right. 14th air squadron um you know what do you hope people take away from this so one thing that i love to bring to people is you know there's more than just your standard meteorologist. A lot of people think like, oh, TV meteorologists. Mm -hmm. And yes, they are absolutely wonderful and there's a place for them. But there's also like 90% of the meteorology community that's like not on TV. And I mm -hmm. want I want people to be able to see those, you know, like the National Weather Service, having mm -hmm. the Air Force represented, yeah. you know, your climate people, your area, like your air mm -hmm. awareness people. Your air quality, so yeah. lots of different types of people. And I really wanted to show like the multifaceted thing of weather is mm -hmm. that we had a booth on leaves and weather mm -hmm. and insects and weather, mm -hmm. satellites. So it's just like weather really does impact every single discipline that mm -hmm. there is out there. Absolutely. I want to say that there was a, that there was a weather on other planets even yes. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So even other planets have weather and then we have mm -hmm. a planetarium show about that. Yep. And so we can go through each planet and say, mm -hmm. you know, oh, like, you know, we have these monstrosity like dust storms on Mars and envelop mm -hmm. the entire planet. We don't yep. have that on Earth. Or like yeah. the great red spot on Jupiter. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Um, <laughs> TBD. Yeah, TBD. Well, hopefully, hopefully we don't find out. But, uh, but no, I mean this is uh, you know th this is uh, phenomenal. Um, seemed, certainly seemed like everybody got a lot out of it. Yeah. And, uh, it was really fantastic. Any any closing thoughts? Uh, Overall, on, on I'm, the event? I'm really proud of how it went, and uh, we're definitely doing it again next year. Beautiful. So mark your calendars, July something or another probably July next something year. or another, all right. 23. <laughs> uh, mark it down, July something or another yeah. uh, here at the Shield Museum in Gastonia, North Carolina. We've got Chief Meteorologist Brad Panovich from WCNC. We're going to go take a little tour of the Storm Tracker. Yeah, so this is our Storm Tracker around here. It's the uh, Chevy Storm Tracker. You can see it behind me here. Now, there's a lot of cool stuff on it, but I'll show you what actually works and what, <laughs> what we use it for. Uh, the cool thing about most of the Storm Tracker vehicles nowadays is that we actually do use these to chase storms. I mean, this is not just some marketing tool. Mm -hmm. um, the key part here is, and we'll come over to the side here, 
I think is going to be the cameras. The cameras are the key part here because that's what we want to see when we're tracking storms. So up on the roof, and I don't know if you can get that, Dan, but that's our that's our camera that we actually have a remote control for. So that's on a little gimbal up there, and it's got some lights on it. We can actually steer that any direction that we want. So it's basically gives us the ability to look wherever we want. And then inside the car, I'll get out of the way here so you can see. You'll see that we have two cameras, one mounted on the dashboard there and one that faces back towards the passenger seat. So the goal of having those cameras, one's going to obviously see what's heading outside, but the other one is to shoot the person in the car so we can do mm -hmm. some kind of play by play. And then you may not see this. We'll walk around the other side because I think this will help you guys at home kind of see this. Um, we actually have some monitors in here so we can see what's being broadcast. So one of the things that we try to do is while we're on TV, as you'll see right there, it says preview and on air. So whoever's sitting in the passenger seat can see what's on TV right now or streaming and what the camera sees. And then we have a, a, an iPad. And this is the cool thing. The iPad um, is actually a remote switcher. It allows us to switch between the different sources um, that we send back to the station. And so, you know, how do we send it back to the station? Well, I'll open this here. We've got a little rack right there and we've got what's called a TVU unit. And for those that don't know what that is, um, think of this as like your OBS XSplit streaming system. Instead of just streaming to the web, this allows us via IP to send back a live signal to the station, um, which is great. Cause you know, back in the days when we had our early storm chasers, you had to have some kind of microwave or satellite yeah. dish. <laughs> and now we don't have to have that big contraption sticking out of the top, which makes us much more mobile for chasing storms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and you can take advantage of, you know, you can take advantage of cell networks. You can take advantage yeah. of, you know, all the infrastructure that's been built out. And I remember seeing, I remember seeing this giant microwave, oh. the storm center truck parked yeah. on the side of the road. You hope for the best. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you that one of the first storm tra uh, trackers that we had was, you know, we didn't really broadcast from. We just chased, we'd stop, shoot video and try to feed it back. And then the next progression was a mast truck that you didn't have to raise the mast all the way. Mm -hmm. You could do what was called a mast down shot, mm -hmm. but you had to be within so many miles of the receiver site so that the dish could hit it. Oh, yeah. um, so that really limited where you could chase. Now yeah. your only limitations are the cell networks. And you know, for a lot of folks, you probably run into cell holes. Mm -hmm. But one of the thing about these TVU units that's different than your cell phone is that we're able to hit multiple cell networks. So we're not just hitting AT&T, we're hitting AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, really any service mm -hmm. we can. And the, the band is split up between all of those services. So even if we have one bar from one, two from the other, mm -hmm. We can get an HD signal because we're sending it to all of the networks, not just one. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you have best coverage, best coverage you could ever get, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and one more thing I will point yeah. out, this little mass thing here, that's yeah. actually a weather station. Oh, cool. So that's an ultrasonic anemometer. And one of the cool things mm -hmm. so you're wondering, if you're parked, you're obviously going to get wind speed. But one of the things we can do while we're driving is because this is tied into the GPS, mm -hmm. we can take the wind speed while we're driving because this will subtract the forward motion of right. the vehicle and give us a wind speed, which is, you know, if you're driving at 70 miles an hour, obviously you would have a 70 mile an hour wind, right? Right. Well, if we're driving and we pick up a 100 mile an hour wind, this will subtract the 70 miles that we're driving per mm -hmm. hour and give us that oh, 30, 30 mile per hour wind. So that's a really cool feature. We don't honestly use that enough, yeah. but that was one of the things that I wanted on this because absolutely. as you're driving, you want to be able to collect data, not just when you're standing yeah, still. Absolutely right. What is the coolest storm y'all have intercepted in this thing? Oh man, I would well, it's a funny story. There was actually 
actually a non-meteorologist in the truck. We had a reporter, because this happens. You don't always yeah. have a meteorologist, so you send a reporter out. Yeah. And I was live on the air covering a tornado near Hickory. Mm-hmm. And um, Mark Boyle, who's now mm-hmm. at WRAL up in yeah. Raleigh, was uh, on, on on the storm tracker. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, Mark, where are you? So I'm talking back to my air. Um, yeah, we're, we're one exit up from, you know, um, I think it was Newton or something. And I'm like, uh, which direction are you heading? West. And I'm looking at the radar. They're heading right for the, the bounded weak echo region. Oh, dear. Of, of the supercell. And I'm like, uh, pull off the road and get to shelter right now. They just didn't know where they were going. They were driving right into right. The, the heart of this storm. So right. that was a memorable one. And then we had one storm where we briefly caught a funnel cloud. But as you guys know, chasing here in the Carolinas, trees got in the way immediately. Yeah. And we lost visibility. And that that is probably the biggest dilemma for chasing mm-hmm. around here is this is a great platform and a great tool. But you're limited to visibility, trees and hills that really right. block a lot of your views. Right. But you can still get some good data. Yeah. And 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 any of those things, and even beyond, you know, even beyond, you know, the tornadoes that you would see. I mean, the, the wind reports, yeah. hail, things like that. All make a difference. What happens more than often than not is we end up becoming roving traffic reporters because because we have that dashboard camera and we're mm-hmm. driving in interstate traffic. We give people a good idea what what's out there. And yeah. Sometimes one look at that camera tells you, well, I'm not going to go out. <laughs> the, the road's horrible. It's packed up. So yeah. you end up seeing people stay at home. So we do a lot of road conditions, especially during mm-hmm. winter weather yep. and then flooding. It is four wheel drive so we can take it to the mountains nice. and get through the snow. It's a nice platform overall. I, I really do enjoy uh, chasing some storms. In fact, I'm hoping me personally as the chief can go out and do more live reporting during severe weather. Yeah. I'm often stuck in the studio. Yeah. But because of the technology, I can do everything we can in the studio in this truck. That's amazing. I, mean, I can operate our radar. I can go mm-hmm. play by play, but then be out in the field because I want to show people at home what's happening. And as yes. you guys know, spotter and real time information is way more important oh, yeah. than just a radar image. People are going to listen to mm-hmm. real images and video much yeah. more than a radar picture. I believe radar has been referred to as just the splotch of paint yes. behind, the guy, behind the guy on TV. It works for a while, but at yeah. some point, people can't relate to it at exactly. home. If you're not a weather geek or a meteorologist, right. it just looks like bright colors, like you said, spilled paint on a map. So when you can show people what it actually looks like, people are more likely going to seek shelter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brad, thank you so much for yeah. the tour. Good to see you. And uh, friends, uh, stay subscribed to the Carolina Weather Group here on YouTube or wherever you might be listening or watching this and uh, we'll see you all again real soon. Hey everybody, Jared here with the Carolina Weather Group here at the Shield Museum at Weatherproof talking with Clay Chaney from the National Weather Service in Greenville, Spartanburg. GSP, how's it going? Pretty good out here. It's a pretty wonderful day to talk about weather. Yeah. No, it's my favorite topic so I'm always down to let people know what we do and Mm -hmm. how the kind of look at the weather and what to look for and just talk about the process of forecasting and the products that we put out. No, that's fantastic. I see that you've got a lot of different, um, you got some really cool uh, exhibits here. Uh, you got the, the radio sign. Now, y'all are not exactly. in upper air office. So. We're not, but Would I you? figured it was a pretty cool <laughs> instrument to Absolutely. show. Yeah. Um, you know, kids love the balloons, mm-hmm. so they're going to be curious about it. Oh, yeah. So it gives me a chance to kind of explain how the instrument works yeah. and whatnot. So. Absolutely. I wish you were in upper air office. We could use the data. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and, and you've got, you know, you're talking about inland tropical cyclone flooding, which I think is, yep. you know, something that's really, you know, become really top of mind in the last few years. Definitely. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about how GSP has been uh, helping the community get ready for those kinds of events. Yeah, so we actually have um, a few presentations that we're wanting to get out, like kind of similar to a storm spotter talk, but mm-hmm. kind of related to the inland impacts from tropical uh, cyclones. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing we're actually working on now. This thing gives, or this uh, kind of piece of paper gives us a 
pretty good insight of what we know in terms of the actual impacts that happens when tropical cyclones make it our way. Mm -hmm. um, we also want to get people aware of the flooding. I mean, you got the case from Tropical Storm Fred yep. that devastated Haywood County. Oh, yes. Um, also, the numerous tornado warnings that happen. Oh, yes. I actually have a funny story about that, but that was my first ever radar or tor radar event where I was issuing tornado warnings. Oh, wow. That's so, a, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a great one to get thrown into. It's, yeah, it's taking the hot seat and then putting another couple embers underneath exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so I think after Tropical Storm Fred, though, we definitely want to started putting more emphasis on like, hey, you don't need to just worry about, you know, whether it's a category one hurricane or higher, or if it's just a tropical storm or depression or even a remnant low, um, pretty much where we're at in terms of mm -hmm. being inland from the coastline, we still get the same impacts almost as if it was between, you know, just a remnant low or maybe even a category one hurricane. Right. And again, you know, we talk about a category one hurricane. That category mm -hmm. one hurricane is actually in a very tiny part of the storm. Exactly. All things considered. So a lot of people are like, oh, I rode out of category one. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't how, think you did. How close to the eye were you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, did you ride it out? Where is your Kestrel? Let's exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, that's fantastic. And so I see you've got, um, you know, you've got uh, some uh, other, you know, information about Kokoros here that's been yes. very helpful you know, when and I'm, flooding. Yeah, I've been trying to get a few people to, you know, recruit them for Kokoros or even the co-op program just to, yeah. just to help with the local observations, just mm -hmm. to try and get more people involved in that and giving us the data we need on a regular basis yeah. for the different, you know, storm total amounts. So yep. we definitely appreciate anyone that <laughs> tries to get involved in those programs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Big uh, Big Coco Ross fans here. Yeah, yep, same here. I've got, I've got my gauge. It was too early for me to empty it this morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know that I had over, I had about two inches plus. Oh, wow. 20. It's been that kind of uh, July down in Charleston, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I it's, bet. It, we've been getting just soaked after soaked after soaked. I don't doubt it. I've, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have. Um, and so you get a couple experiments over here, too. So this one looks kind of shocking. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the Venn diagram there. And, mm -hmm. of course, if you want to give an example, we can. Yeah. Here, I'll spin this if you want to put that close to the, uh, to the ball there. Yeah. Get us a little shot going. Get a little closer. There oh, we yeah. go. There you go. Got our shock right there. Yeah. There That's the go. closest you want to be to a lightning strike. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when little pop roars go indoors. Yes, please. <laughs> I had the stickers for that, but I guess everybody got the message. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. And then you've got the, the good old tornado tube. Yeah. Oh, this is course. one of my favorite things as a kid. Now, this thing right here. This is perfect if you want to form any kind of vortex. Mm -hmm. I mean, here we go right here, spinning this thing. That sucker's going to get going, and there oh, we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. No, this one is works really well. Um, if I'm ever going to make a tornado bottle, this is exactly how I'm going to do yeah. it. <laughs> this not, is just not, like, with fire, like. exactly, yeah. <laughs> not with fire. Exactly. Not with fire. I'm not that dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, so, that's fantastic. And then, uh, really, really cool. Really, really cool. And and I saw that you had some Skywarn stickers, but... Yeah, they've all been taken. Yeah, those are popular. Those <laughs> they are. are. I, honestly, I thought about grabbing more, but I was like, eh, maybe not. But 
now I know for next time yeah, I can absolutely. grab a couple of those. Yeah, I might have to, uh, yeah, I might have to swing by and see if uh, Trisha can like, <laughs> yeah. swap me when I like lost mine three cars ago. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, but uh, Clay, wonderful to see you out here. Thank yeah. you for all the work that you do. Uh, That's definitely, at, I appreciate the that. Weather service there. If you're ever on social media, Clay is the social media guru for uh, GSP, and I so am. Uh, so it's his fault. <laughs> and, it's uh, my fault. We post all the wrong things. Oh, no, I'm just no, 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 I'm just kidding. No, I'm just you, kidding. you're right. At least fifty percent. <laughs> of the time <laughs> just flip uh, a coin exactly <laughs> clay thank you so much for joining yeah, us definitely. in the carolina weather group this is uh you know th this is uh phenomenal um seemed certainly seemed like everybody got a lot out of it yeah and, uh, it was really fantastic any any closing thoughts uh Overall, on, on I'm, the event? I'm really proud of how it went and uh we're definitely doing it again next year Beautiful. so mark your calendars july something or another probably july next something year. or another all right 23 <laughs> uh, mark it down july something or another yeah. uh, here at the shield museum in gastonia north carolina jared smith of carolina weather group thank you so much for watching and uh, thank you to candace and uh, all of her wonderful crew uh for uh making today a wonderful event for everybody. Take care.